the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. And a very happy 2023 to all of you. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network, and it is a new year with the same bullshit. I sense and I feel and I read the frustration amongst all of you and we share that and we're gonna basically just unload today off the cuff shoot from the hip talk about this team let it air out and we're gonna pick a direction for them because god damn it a direction needs to be taken joining me to do so as always the second biggest sacramento kings fan in the world mr second yeah the second the second yeah yeah, I might. I'm not cheering for them, but like, I I think what they're doing is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think it's really cool. You think it's pretty cool. So yes, the second right. biggest fan. I think it's all right. Yeah. Sure. Throw me in there. Yeah. Throw me in the ring. Fuck it. I don't think they have any fans anyways. So the fact that I think it's pretty cool gives me second biggest fan normally. Well, you know they have one. At least at least one. And this guy's diehard. Oh my god. I swear to God, you're this is gonna turn into a Sacramento podcast. I just I just know East of the Sack. <laughs> I just know that oh god. I just know that Sack City. When the Raptors actually decide to tank, yeah. That you are full steam ahead on the sack town. On the big sack. I will watch them in the playoffs and I will root for them. Because they're gonna make playoffs. They'll make play in. Okay, so playoffs. Uh, well, play-ins on playoffs. They'll playoffs win. is eight teams. They'll win play that. Is 10. And then they'll get into the playoffs. No. What are you? T- why? They'll they'll be the fifth they'll be seed a, right now. They'll be in the. They will be in the. They'll be a seventh seed when they get to the playoffs. So my prediction is they'll be seventh seed, sure. and they'll lose two playing games. They'll be done. How was your Christmas? Thing? <laughs> better than my outlook on the Toronto Raptors that's for sure oh so it was good yeah it was good it was you know what um or it was slightly above average (laughs) slightly slightly (laughs) above average (laughs) um no I mean honestly it was it was nice to just sit down and relax spend time Mm. with family and decompress you know everyone's got busy lives schedules with with work or social life or you know whatever you're doing it's it's full steam ahead for the holiday season I think it's really nice to just spend time with loved ones and people that you know you care about to just decompress that way but uh what about you christmas was good um kids had a ball uh yeah my one-year-old doesn't really understand obviously so my four-year-old had a ball sure uh made sure i gave the wife a good christmas christmas isn't about me man it's just not Oh, what a good look at listen to this. It's hey, husbands, take some notes, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Christmas is never about you. It's not. That's that's it. Good for you. We say that in hopes that one day it will be <laughs> without asking for it. It it just won't, but No, it will never. Pro tip to all the wives listening that it's not about the husband. Correct. One year make it one. Just one, one year. Just one year. Just maybe one. maybe when the kids are gone. You stag yeah. them. I'm not really helping your timeline here, but nah, I, maybe I got, I when the kids time. are gone. Yeah. She gets me an AARP card and that's going all out. 
when the kids are gone. Fuck. She's going to give you one of those life alert bracelets. That's yes. it. No, what she'll do, she'll have one of the, we don't even have an upstairs, but she'll install one of those fucking chair things. Oh, yeah. Leading to nowhere. To nowhere. <laughs> Up you go. But there's no upstairs. Up you go. <laughs> Up you go. <laughs> Where am I going? Up you go. Out of the house. <laughs> Up you go. Just right to the roof. Um, yeah, it was good. New Year's, I mean, once you're married, who cares? <laughs> Especially with two kids, who cares? Yeah. I saw this um, TikTok video where this wife said what they did for their little children was they set the clocks ahead four hours mm. so they put it to midnight when it was eight mm-hmm. they had a babysitter come and then they spent the night out that's, that's smart we um so they put their kids down at like 12 10 12 15 which was 8 10 8 15 they got ready and they went out i thought it was i actually thought it was genius i thought that that was really smart yeah, that's that's prudent um i've seen people play last year's ball drop Oh. And the kids are none the wiser, and then they just go to bed. That's kind of smart. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, you know, the kids can't. The kid, well, I, I guess I'm depending on the kids' age. Really, these kids like can't read some shit. But I mean, just be like, no. What do you mean? It is. It's 2022. Yeah, it's sick. And this kid's just getting finessed. That's sick. That's it. That means that they don't really care about the numbers. They just care about watching the bright lights and the ball drop. That's true. That's it. I was just, I was just never that stupid yeah I <laughs> you just, know i'm like that's 2022 that's true that's true you just liars i mean valiant god, effort though god children are so stupid they are but they're also very they're keenly aware of the things yeah, you don't want them to be <laughs> i know <laughs> i just tried to make myself feel better with that but it didn't matter yeah they they are really they're really astute sometimes sometimes and other times and other times you're like oh my god i mean if you can lie to them about santa claus you can lie to them about we were watching the santa claus my wife and i and we were just i was just saying man kids will believe anything (laughs) oh sure anything from the from the jump they'll just believe anything sure just they've they've never known to have been lied to yeah they don't even know what that is like you say hey this this fat guy comes in the house just brings you toys (laughs) that's it oh sounds good (laughs) he's a good guy (laughs) Sounds I want, great. I want him to eat my cookies. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the return. Yeah. Is you got to give him cookies, but he won't finish. Whatever. Um, he needs a little bit left. That's it. Always. So, so yeah, the holidays were good. I'm glad they were good for you. Uh, I'd be remiss if before we begin, we didn't talk at least a little bit, just a second, about Demar Hamlin. Um, <laughs> scary shit, and it's impacted the entire sports world. I don't know a single franchise that has not touched on this in the four major sports here in North America. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been making, not even just in the sports world, so making like news. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people uh, have, have really gravitated towards the situation. It's not something, at least I know I've seen, not even just in the NFL and sports over the last 20 plus years of really watching sports at that level. I've never seen anything like this before. And, I mean, I have in a way where you could maybe understand it a bit. Like I've seen it years ago. It happened to Chris Pronger in the NHL. He took a slap shot in the chest and yeah. then, and that just sort of happened. Um, but it, it didn't even look like anything. Like it looked pretty harmless. Uh, obviously T Higgins been beating himself up about it. I think you can sort of tell that, but um, it's, not his I, fault. it's definitely not his fault. I don't think there's any sane 
Bills fan or football fan that's, you know, thinking that this was had malicious intent or that T. Higgins was out to, to do something to him. Like no one at the end of the day, all these people want to go home to see their families. Like mm-hmm. they, they go to work, they want to go home, they want to see their family. Um as Bills fans, you and I, yeah. uh, it was it's very scary to see that happen to one of your own that you cheer for. Uh regardless of what team he would be playing on, I think we would be saying the same thing. We hope the best for him. Uh speedy recovery. I know that as of time of recording this, I believe he's still in critical care uh, or in critical condition. So we're we're hoping and praying that it turns around and uh, we, we wish him and his family nothing but the best uh, as, as they try to navigate through this. Yeah, the closest thing I can recall uh, to something that crazy um, was Jay Happ getting hit, lined yeah. down to the face. Um and you know the game just stopped they did resume the game but Mm -hmm. um that's only because i think he also tore his acl on that or something he did it was a double injury and according to him he said you know the line drive to the face was the least painful of the two which is incredible um and just to have the i I think jay hap was the reason why they made those hats Yes, the pitchers hats. The one with the the, the kind of the hard hat type yeah. of deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then no one wanted to wear them, but no. Um, that's the closest thing I I've never seen anything like this. And as you mentioned, being Bills fans, um, it it was a little more surreal. Um, so you know, positive vibes only. Um, I'm I'm definitely happy that they stopped the game. Yes, dude. because yes. you and I were you and I were chatting about this in our in our group chat, and I didn't think that they would. I was you were saying that they had to stop the game immediately. Like to. you were you were saying that from right from the get go, and it's not that I didn't agree with you. I did. I was just like, they're not going to stop this. It's the NFL. Like it's the NFL. Like it's yeah. the NFL. Like, there's no way. I've said there's no way they stop this game, and it's and it's not because of lack of sympathy for for Darwin or anything like that. Like I, I totally agreed with you. I just thought. The NFL is going to get their way. They, they got to play through this. It's near the end of the season. Um, again, none of this matters in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, it's the end of the season. It's a big game for these two teams. It means a lot in the standings and and yes. just stuff like that. It's not a throwaway game. Um, so I thought there's no way the NFL is going to allow them to have their own voice in that way, if that makes sense. Sure, and they sure. almost they almost got away with it. They want them to warm up for five minutes and then get back on the field. But um, I am glad that both teams um, did dig their heels in and say there's there's absolutely no way this man is is was not did not have a pulse on the field. We're not going to play for that. So um, that's just my piece on that, too. I was glad they stood up for it. Yeah, I you know, and we can move on. But uh, McDermott's such a family oriented person, and that is legitimately woven into the fabric of the team. Family, yep. family. So. It wouldn't surprise. First of all, how do you play? If, if you're T. Higgins, how do you play? Yeah. If you're a defender, how do you play? Um, and if you're any member of the Buffalo Bills, not to say that the Cincinnati Bengals didn't have sympathy. Of course they did. But it's obviously impacting them a little bit more because they see and play with them mm-hmm. every day. It's a family. Mm-hmm. It's basically a brotherhood. How, do you, how can you concentrate? And no. at that point, if the NFL was demanding them to play... I was confident that McDermott would put his nuts on the table and say, you can find me, you can suspend me, you can fire me. We're not playing. We're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. He would have had, he would have had org support from that too. Like, I, like you know what I mean? Like PR you think, alone, dude. Yes, exactly. So I, I don't think, 
I think if, if anything, there wouldn't have been any repercussions other than maybe just a forfeit. Like, yeah. I, I think that like, and, and I would have been completely OK as a Bills fan forfeiting that game because there's no way you can ask your players of any sport. If that happened in, in basketball with the Raptors, you're going to ask, like, imagine it. Yeah. Imagine one of the Raptors goes down and you're going to ask the like that where their heart just stops working. You're going to ask the other nine guys, nine, 10, 12 guys on the bench to get up shoot around for five minutes and get right back to it no way of course not no of course Nick not. Nurse is pulling the plug 100 percent, 100 percent. without even look, looking back i mm-hmm. think they don't play this week they being the bills i think yeah. the other games go on as scheduled i think Correct. the bills and patriots play next week and the playoffs mm-hmm. get pushed a week that week in between the nfc afc think they're going to scrap that it's going to be right away um and i think this game Bengals bill ends in a tie i would agree with that i think that's just how it's gonna work um bills will probably lose the one seed from it it's fine. uh but honestly again i'm saying this just just to say it like that's probably the consequence i don't want to say consequence that sounds so negative but that that's probably just the result, the result of yeah. of that but at the end of the day if that like I, I you take that a thousand percent of the time if that means that that darwin is is okay makes speed recovery and and you can't expect those guys to ever play through that because that would honestly haunt them for for quite a while yeah if you ask them to do that all right uh let's get into raptors talk um so we had lined up uh, a set of games that for the vast majority of them we had written down as losses um, the Raptors gave us some false hope, um, specifically against New York. And for some reason, they seem to have Cleveland's number. Um, and mind you, this wasn't then, but recently, I think last night, actually, Mitchell scores 71 points for the Cavs. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I had losses for every single game i want to say with the exception of indiana correct Um, and that game was just brutal to watch if you're a raptors fan uh right now the raptors are sitting in the 12th seed in the eastern conference with a record of 16 and 21 um fred van vliet has been a liability for this team to stay the least gary trent jr is stepping it up and coming into form. OG is still playing wonderfully. Scotty Barnes has these bursts of promise, but for some reason, specifically um, in that Indiana game, I saw him pass up a lot of looks. Um, I just don't know what's going on. Oh, and Siakam's just amazing. I don't know what's going on with this team. Nick Nurse doesn't seem to trust his bench at all. Um, it's like a team of six, maybe seven on a good night. Um, and that just leads me to believe that this team is going to be running maybe 40 minutes per starter or thereabouts and injuries are inevitably going to, you know, come into fruition and this team's going to fall further. Um, if they're going to pick the direction of tank, I think that you know, it's basically out in the open. Masai is, I don't want to say demanding Nick Nurse, but saying, hey, pull the plug. Like, let's just, let's see what we have on our bench. Just give the guys some break because we're trying to trade some of them and we don't want to trade injured players. I think then Nurse sort of lets go and has people like Malachi Flynn play a little bit more. He seems to have it out for Chris Boucher. 
Um, so maybe he plays a little bit more. Ken Birch plays a little bit more. You know, all these players get to play a little bit more, and we can just stop worrying about it. Um, like I said, 16 and 21. Their away record is 5 and 13, but their home record is 11 and 8. Um, they're three of their last 10. What are we doing? What What is the recipe here? And if you're saying tank, what does that mean in terms of trading away assets? If you're saying ride it, what gives you confidence that they ought to? Where are you at? What's going on? This team is not the team that you and I thought this team was going to be three months ago. This team is not that team, right? And we, almost like you had mentioned, we had this false hope when the season had started. Um, I'm just looking back on here and I'm doing some quick math. They were, um, they were like eight and five basically through a really tough beginning part of their schedule. Like we, we had sat on this podcast and we said, you know, they play Cleveland, they play Brooklyn, they play Miami twice. If they play the Sixers twice, they play Atlanta. They got Dallas, uh, at the time, say back to back in Chicago. Cause you think they're still going to be a good team. Like, that was really hard start and San Antonio was also playing really well at that time too. Mm -hmm. So, um, you look and you're like, wow, they, they navigate through that really well. Like this is a promising team. I know they had some injuries, but I don't know what the fuck happened. This team just, when it, when it mattered, like I, that, that losing streak really killed them. Like the, uh, from the point of, I would say arguably, November 30th against the Pelicans mm. was oh, when yeah. was when this team really turned a corner for the worse. Like really, really. I don't want to say they I just think that they're not playing to their potential. And I don't think that matters now at this point, because you have to pick a direction with this team. At the end of the day, you don't want to be stuck in the middle. No one wants to be the 10th place team in a play in. Like that, no one wants to be there. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, you just don't want to be there. So, figure it out. We've talked about this draft for the last two podcasts. And we've said that it's a deep draft, it's a talented draft. Even if you don't get number one, if you get number two, you're still ending up with a, with arguably what's quoted to be and, and what's thought to be two generational talents at the top. Scooter Henderson would go number one in, in most other drafts that don't have uh, Victor Wembanyama. So you need to put yourself in the best position to get one of those top end talents. And if you miss out on one or two, arguably it's, it's fine. There's still a lot of talent in the top 10 that can really help your franchise. Fred Van Vliet has been a liability. You mentioned him, but Gary Trent Jr. Has been playing pretty well. I think you get some good trade value for him. OG and has had a career season. He said career. He has career highs in points, rebounds and steals this season. He's playing at defensive player of the year level. There's never been a better time when you look at the asset pool and you're looking to manage those assets. Your asset management radar is telling you you've got to capitalize on this. This is the best time to do it. And if you can get into that top end of the draft, do it. Because I think that this honestly is not a complete implosion of this team. I think that if you get those pieces, you can still build around them within the next year or two. I don't think it's going to take five years for this team to rebuild if you do this correctly. So I think fans get worried when they hear rebuild. They think, oh, my God, I, I'm going to be 
I, I, in your case, I'm going to have two more girls before I see the, the Raptors <laughs> in, in the playoffs again and competing and, and in the conversation. Like, uh, no, I think that this would happen quicker than fans realize. Look at Cleveland. Like, Cleveland did this the right way, in my opinion, right? Like, yeah. I think that the model of how they did it, where they were, they kind of sucked for like two to three seasons max. And now they're on the up and up and they're like a top three team. I think that's how you do it. And I think if you get the talents like the, the Mobleys and you make the right trades and stuff like that, you can accelerate this. You have a Scotty Barnes, you have a Pascal Siakam. If you get into the top, top end of this draft, you have a good core to work with. Plus all the return on those, on those assets that we were discussing and Gary and Fred and OG I think this just makes too much sense and I don't believe in this core anymore to do it. There's just something about it and I don't believe in it. I've soured on them. I want them to tank. I want them to move on. Um, I assume you're with me on that too, but I'll leave the floor to you. That's just my rant on it. Sure. I I do think that we need to at least explore um, other possibilities that have been thrown out there before we get there. And I'm not saying this is what the team needs to do. I think I'm saying in conversation, I think we need to talk about it first mm-hmm. the, until we get to the, to tankathon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some people have suggested having to fix Fred is to have him come off the bench. I don't know who starts then as your starting point guard. Maybe Trent, maybe you have Siakam bring the ball up or maybe Scotty Barnes does. Um, you certainly can't start Malachi. This is the issue is because I think Masai's and uh, Bobby's lack of actual point guard depth is making, is forcing Fred to regress quicker than he might have had they had an adequate backup point guard. Um, so where are you with that possibility having Fred come off the bench and having some combination of I don't know Siakam Scotty Barnes Gary Trent Coloco uh and OG Fred Van Vliet has the eighth most minutes played per game average in the NBA this season Mm. he's not coming off your bench he won't is that by necessity because they don't have a backup point guard no, because Pascal Siakam is playing the second most average minutes Fair. per game, and mm. there's a lot of depth there, right? Mm. Like this isn't by necessity. This is this is by Nick Nurse's mentality, yeah. right? Like, I I would agree with you if no one else was getting that, then I would then I would say you know what probably and and you know what probably to a degree it is, but this just seems to be the mentality. Like like this that's what's happening with Siakam, um. I, OG has the fourth most minutes played hmm. and Fred Van Vliet is the eighth most minutes played. Okay. So you have three guys in the top eight minutes played this. He clearly doesn't trust his bench. I mean, for a decent reason, like I get it, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't think that bringing Fred off the bench is going to help anything. I think what's going to help is trading Fred Van Vliet. That I think I think is I think it's done. I think it's done for him. I think he's mentally checked. Um, I think that there was some stuff that were going on at home mm-hmm. that can't be ignored here in this conversation, and maybe a fresh environment might help. 
that's just and again i'm not going to speculate on personal lives stuff like that i'm just saying like the the escape from a situation can potentially help someone uh to get back to their form i don't think there's anything left here that toronto can do to help and you have to also remember he is a free agent next year he didn't sign that that contract when the Raptors had offered him that deal and sure. something happened along the way. And we were like, there was a report. It was a done was deal accepted, in the yeah. off season. It was, oh, okay, sick. Freddie's back. It seems like a good number. It was like 20 something a year. Oh, that's cool. It's great. It's like 25 a year or something. It's like Jalen Brunson type numbers. Oh, it's cool. He's back. It's great. And then they never officially announced it. And I remember you and I were both like, what the fuck happened? Like, mm. where did, what happened here? And we never got an answer. I don't know if, if you know, A, he's not going to get that money no. in this free agency period. He just he just won't. So it was a miss from him on his camp. I don't know if he was just trying to bet on himself again. I don't know if it was a pull from the Raptors, if it was a pull from him. Like, I don't, I don't know. Sure. But it does seem like a bullet dodged by the Toronto Raptors at this point. But I think you also have to capitalize on that. You can't just let him walk for nothing. So I think the faster you can get him out of here and just replace him with a veteran point guard to match the salary, like some guards to match, plus get some young guys and just start this process now. Like start it now because I I, I don't want us to sit there and start winning some games against guys like Cleveland false hope right like i don't want that i i don't want that as a fan of this team i want to be a sustainable legitimate championship contender and i don't think you can do that with this group and i think you need to bite the bullet this year and really go into the to the ends of that draft get some young talent and build this up in the next two to three years and do it the way cleveland did it man do it the way memphis did it right like that's that's the mold that you should be going after and i think that this i think this front office and i think that the young pieces of this team and even having a guy like siakam i think you can do it with them but i think they need to make that decision now so that brings us right back to tankathon and mm. i agree with you i don't think fred van vliet is the type of player that anymore that will thrive off the bench there was a time with bench yeah. mob but you have to understand that they had a kyle lowry to be adequate in front of him correct it's just a backup um so it makes sense to me that putting fred on the bench it, he's gonna get pulled in quicker anyway yep. and he'll probably still surmount all the minutes that he's getting if not maybe what three or four fewer minutes um right whatever um and he's already taking load management days as it is um with some back issue not that mm -hmm. i think that's invalid but i do agree with you that i that there's probably more going on yeah. um than that um, so the options are the three main players that you're looking to, to trade or move off of, um, are Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi. OG mostly because of asset management, Fred and Gary mostly because if they walk away, you don't want them to walk away for nothing. And Correct. we can pretty much bank on the notion that Gary's going to walk away. Um, there's a chance that Fred will want to stay, um, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not shaking my head that I disagree. I'm just shaking my head that I don't want him here if that's the direction that we're going. Right. Um, so I guess this leads me to ask, is Freddie even tradable? Of course he is. But for 
we were we've been talking or at least two weeks ago we talked about how maybe you fetch a first a late first i don't even know if you can you're you're probably getting a second and if you're lucky a body you're not getting a first for fred thaddeus fucking young got a first round pick for the san antonio spurs if you think Fred Van Vliet is not as valuable to it to a playoff or championship contender than Thaddeus fucking Young, then you are off your rocker. Not the a way team Fred's will playing. pay. A team will pay a late first round pick for a guy like Fred Van Vliet because a guy like Fred Van Vliet, when he is on, he is a great player for your organization. I'm telling you, a late first is nothing for a team that has the aspirations to win. What's like? What is the, what is the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna you're gonna trade away a guy that's twenty seventh overall pick for Fred Van Vliet in order to give yourself a bit more of that depth. We're talking that Fred may need that you know to come off the bench or he may need that other guard in front of him. Well, if he's going to a championship contender, he's probably got that. Yeah. Right. Well, so, you're not trading for a Fred Van Vliet to come off the bench. No, I, I understand that, but. You're probably trading for him to. I mean, arguably, he, you could trade for him to be your six man. That that is a possibility. It depends on your guard play mm. and it depends on your scoring that you have. But there's probably a lot more teams that are contenders that have more normalized minutes than Toronto in the regular season. I think that there's a real possibility that a team would trade a first round pick for Fed Van Vliet. I still do. I, I I genuinely believe that. I think that could happen. The team that everyone has on their radar for Fred Van Vliet right now is the Orlando Magic. So you're still looking at a team that I don't want to say are going to be world beaters here, but you're looking at a team that is, I mean, I don't understand why you would make that trade if you're, why would Orlando want to do that? I don't know why they would do that. That to me, I still haven't put my finger around. It would just, it would almost to me be, you're making that trade because you want to re-sign him and you think that you can get him on the low and audition him for the next three to four months. Um, maybe the they move team. on from, maybe they move on from, I, I would take Cole Anthony for Fred Van Vliet. Sure. Like, right. Fuck it. Throw him in, see what he can do. Uh, I, I, I would do that trade one for one. If I were, if I were the Toronto Raptors at this point. Right. Um, I, I, that that's how that's how it's half of me saying that I think Fred Van Vliet's value is low, and that's half of me saying I want him gone because I don't want us to keep winning games. And I think that Fred Van Vliet has the potential to win us more games alone than a Cole Anthony would. Right. So, um, not to say I I don't think Cole Anthony's going to be a good player. I just mean he's still young and he's got a bit of a future ahead of him. So he's got to build that up. And Fred Van Vliet's more in his prime right now than a, than a Cole Anthony. So that's why, that's where I'm coming from on that. That. And if you go, if you're going to make a move with the magic, the teams, not the way they're built, just the way they're, uh, I, I mean, if the Raptors are tanking, you can make an argument that Orlando has a better trajectory than the Raptors depending on what they do with the picks and the bodies they get back from these trades. But it's just swapping environments, not situations, really. Right. I mean, Orlando would have more guard depth, so maybe it alleviates Fred Van Vliet and potential injuries. But in terms of their aspirations to win, if you're making that trade with Orlando, 
body A going out for body B, they're still going to be in shitty situations, mm-hmm. you know, and you're hoping that the magic suck more. So that if you get a first in return, it's a lottery pick. Well, the um, and I'm just as you were talking, I was just looking it up because I remember that the Orlando Magic have multiple first round picks. One of them is their own and the other one is the Chicago Bulls top five protected pick. I think that if mm. they truly like Fred Van Vliet, there's a world where I could see them trading that pick because it's it's a mid first round pick. The Bulls could potentially still be in the play in. Um, maybe it ends up being a very late lottery pick and that probably stays where it is. Um, I don't if if they're as interested as what people are saying, which I still don't get. But if they're if they're interested in in him in that way, I could see a world where that becomes available. And I think if that's the case, you just do that if you're the Raptors and you don't and you just take a salary filler like a Terrence Ross or something. Like I don't know, I don't know what the salaries look like. I'm just assuming sure, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. Ross is on a deal and it, it helps with the salaries or something. You don't even care about a guy like Cole Anthony at that point. You're just like, give me give me the fucking pick. I'll take salary and and then we're done. Um. That's I, I could see that. I don't think they trade their own. Uh, I think they would just arguably trade whatever they think is going to end up worse. Right. So. Um, and they have two second round picks, I think. Oh, no, they have their they have their own and then they have one to Boston. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. But yeah, um, I think I could see them trading the Chicago pick potentially for that. But I don't know. Gary Trent, if you're confident that Fred Van Vliet is going to net you a first, Gary Trent's netting you a first. And it's got to be, I mean, it's not going to be a high one because he's going to go to a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, but you I think, the I think Gary, first. I think Gary Trent can net you a first and a pick swap. Or so? a first or a first in like a, in like a, you know, middle of the road prospect type of guy. Like, I know we were looking at that hypothetical trade that had Fred and Gary Trent going to Miami Mm -hmm. in return, an abundance of different things. But the main focus was that first their first round pick in Nikola Jovic. I think you could do Gary Trent Jr. alone for that first Nikola Jovic in the salary filler. I would rather that. I think you can I think you can do that on your own like with Gary Trent on his own. I think that putting Fred in there is a little bit too much. I don't think you get the return that you're hoping for with that. But you need to have some type of salary filler to match. So it's a salary filler, a middle of the road pat, a middle of the road prospect which they sent Jovich to the G League. So um I mean it's it's not that like they're the most high on him right now. And their first, which, you know, is probably like 20-ish, mm-hmm. right? Give or take. I could see that as a potential realistic return for Gary Trent Jr. And I think you don't include Fred Van Lee in there. I think it's an overpay. And that's, of course, typical Bill Simmons fucking bullshit. But um, I think that there's a realistic opportunity for, for that type to happen with the Miami Heat. In Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Something I, like that. Like a trade like that for Toronto. I'm not packaging anybody. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, those three individuals that we have in question right now, I'm trading them separately to maximize the return. Agree. Um, and anybody that you get back, sort of similar to the Precious Achua, you know, swap with the Kyle Lowry trade. Um, Goran Dragic, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck that guy. Anyways, you, continue. You hope that it's it's lightning in a bottle but you're mm. really after the draft pick that's what you really want um so sure i am i'd like to think you might be able to get a little bit more for gary trent especially come trade deadline time when it's bidding wars are happening um so i'd like to force another team's hand i'm not dissatisfied with that package it just seems a little underwhelming to me for a guy that is playing pretty well right now and when he's on he's on and he can really help a team when he's motivated in the playoffs we saw it um so i think uh, i think right there you've just said why they're not going to get a better package than what they would there it's whens and ifs like he's just he hasn't been consistent right when he's on he's on and he's like right now he's on and he's he's playing at he's playing at a great level but We've seen Gary Trent look like shit. And other teams have seen Gary Trent look like shit. And they're going to go to Messiah and they're going to be like, well, you're asking for this. But, like, here's a stretch of five games where Gary Trent Jr. has actually been a massive liability. Slums happen. 100%. I totally agree. But it seems to happen to Gary Trent a little bit more than others. And, and again, I'm not... I, I really do like Gary Trent and I'm and I do think that he's going to have continue to have a bright future in this league. I think that he's a really good player. I just think that there's going to be GMs that look and they're like, if you want me to pay for this type of package for someone, I could probably go out and get somebody that's more reliable, more consistent. Saying that, you never know. It's a trade deadline and stuff can happen, but when you start making things more complex, it doesn't always necessarily come through at the trade deadline. It's just harder for that when the clock is ticking and they're trying to get complex things done. So I could see something that's just a little bit more simplistic, maybe a little bit underwhelming, but at least something and and you know it's it's a first round pick that's probably a little bit more of a developmental guy we'll see some masai guy from his giants of africa program get yeah. drafted and and you know they've been hey look they're turning out great i'm not i'm not slandering it at all it's just like a guy we've probably never heard of before we go, who who yeah he's the gonna... who's that the who so you, but but still it's you know obviously you know, whatever they end up doing i just know it's going to be they didn't have a better option out there on the table. Like I, that's the type of faith I have in, in Messiah and Bobby. And I'm sure you do too, but eh. they just didn't have a better option available to them. And that's, that's the way it goes. See, I'd be, I think people are going to say, you know, your commentary about, look, there's the stretch where Gary didn't play well. He's sort of a liability, whatever. I think they're going to say that about Fred. I think I agree. Your description is about Fred. And if that package you know, the Jovich and the first for Fred, smashing except. Smashing One thousand percent. I don't think you're getting that for Fred. See, I still think you can get more for Gary. I think, I think you, you get can. I think I think you get I think you get the same. I think you get the same. Fred has a Fred has more of a track record than Gary. Yeah. And I he's got know. the playoff experience. He's won it he's won a ring. He knows what it takes. He knows how to play tough playoff minutes. Those Who's things do matter. More? Who's getting paid more? 
Fred. Okay. Right? Yeah, that's what I think. I think Fred's getting paid more. Right. So that means you know theoretically he's worth more. Right. So yeah. shouldn't the return be more? I mean, I I I guess no. That just speaks to your point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me right. let you're me right. take let me take a look here, and I'm just pulling up the sarcasm. Yeah. So he's getting paid. Fred VanVleet's getting paid average salary of twenty one point two five million. A sport track spot track yeah. says that. His contract expires in 2024. Now, I thought it expired in 2023. So, it's maybe option, I'm mistaken. Right? Hmm? There's an option? No? It is. It would be an option. You're right. I don't have the actual, like, breakdown of it in front of me. I was just seeing the actual, like, salary average. Yeah. Right. Fred Van Vliet is averaging $21.25 million a year. Gary Trent is averaging $17.28 million a year. Um, I believe both of them have an option out after this season. Um, yeah. And, and Siakam also does uh as well i believe uh no he has no option it's so he's actually one more season yes and then he's a ufa and then he's a ufa same thing yeah. with og correct um so I so the, the thing is you get you get og for another season right like that's that's what makes like that's what makes og so oh, no he's got yeah he's got yeah. that and then he's got a player option on the season after so you get him at 18.6 million for next season like that's still very valuable if he continues his play he's 25 years old like mm -hmm. these are valuable assets for teams like i think fred will fred and gary will will get very similar packages i don't think you package them together i think you just i think that's the realm of what raptors fans should expect if you get less than that you could probably be a little bit disappointed if you get more than that, I think you should be pretty happy. Trent's 23. Sure. But Fred's he's also pending UFA. That's going to command a lot of money. Yeah. But maybe you, <laughs> yeah. like you said about Fred, like maybe you want him to stay. Look, my fear is that Fred's going to want to stay. <laughs> he's going to opt into that option. Mm. Say, yeah, I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm cool here. I, I mean, I don't. He, I I'm mean, he's, his option is twenty two point eight million a year. If I'm him, I consider it. You have I to. I right consider now. that because that would be a that would almost be like a one year deal for you to prove it. Mm -hmm. You could rebuild your value, and then you can sign a new deal at something that's like back to what you had originally had with the Raptors, where it fell apart this year whether that's with Toronto or someone else, I don't want him here. He's going into his age 29 season. If you're looking to do a rebuild, a tank, a whatever, he does not help you. This is nothing. I, I'm very grateful for Fred Van Vliet, what he's done for this organization. He's anyone that's won a championship with the Raptors. I have very fond memories about, and I will always be grateful for them to be part of that team. I do not want Fred Van Vliet here anymore. I, feel I do not. I get it. I get it. So uh, figure it, figure it out a way. Make it some other team's problem. Yeah, not my problem. Not um, my monkey. Not my circus. I want to deal with it. Do you think then, if Masai finally does something he's never done, because we've talked about this, the precedent has been set by him. You know, he came out after Demar was traded, after firing Casey. 
saying we can't run the same thing back over and over again and expect a different result. Mm-hmm. And that can go either way, right? It, yes, it could mean towards championship aspirations in the immediate term, or it can mean we don't want to be in purgatory. We don't want to be in the middle all the time. So we don't have the assets or the team that's robust enough to tr- uh, to try to tr- sign and or trade someone that's going to make a difference like Kawhi did to push us towards the championship. So we have to go the opposite way. We have to tank. And this is something that Masai has never done. You could call the Rudy Gay trade, but it didn't turn out being a tank, a full-on tank. Um, so that being said, if he's going to go full tank and we're going to trade Gary, I mean, not Gary, if we're going to, tra- yeah, Gary, uh-huh. Fred, OG, this takes off the table. Shay, it's off the table. And you're moving. It's a true. I just, I, I, dis, I disagree. How are you? What I do you disagree. have left to trade? No. What? Okay. What I'm saying is trade OG for Shay. Uh, I'm whether saying it's, that doesn't it's not, happen what, at the deadline and OG goes elsewhere. That's it. If OG goes elsewhere, then then the Shay deal is done. It's yeah. A, it's, yeah. Like you're just, yeah, I agree. And but, you're going oh, but make OG tank. the center package of a Shea deal. Yeah, I, I I would love that. But if that isn't on the table mm-hmm. and OKC is that no, we're we're not doing anything with Shea, he's staying, then you're it's a legit, legit fire sale in a blow up, in a rebuild. Correct. Correct. Um and you're wasting the consequence of that is yes there is some i look we play dynasty football there's some excitement into rebuilding into you know molding it in your image and seeing a championship team blossom or or a young team turn into a championship team i should say the consequence of this though is you still have to put butts in seats you have to and siakam is what is going siakam and barnes are what are the two players that are going to put butts in seats you're wasting wasting Siakam's prime because once you're once you're ready Siakam's not going to be this good Siakam is Siakam is not in his prime yet oh dude I I disagree I think he's hitting it now he's just entering it now I think that Siakam has been such a late bloomer throughout his entire career that I still think he's got one more like gear to go up I that that's my that's my hot take on him. That's why I'm like that's why I'm still not like I I wouldn't touch him yet on a sale. I think he can still elevate his his value even more. I don't think it's peaked. And if you get to a point where you're like evaluating this team and you go his prime is not going to align, then sure, then then you make the move to move on. I don't think you're at that point yet. And I don't think you need to be at that point yet where you look you to say on. like yeah. I know, I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just saying that I think he still has more to give in terms of a ceiling. That's how confident I am in him because besides that one year, that one blip year that he had, every year he's improved. Every year he's improved. And his basketball IQ has increased. His Everything about his game keeps increasing. And he only started playing the game like what fucking 12 years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, he's maturing as an adult. 
So, you know, the learning curve is quicker than someone picking up the basketball at five and then 12 years later when they're 17, right? Like, it's it's very different. Sure. But he still has a lot to learn even, right? Like, just from experience. And I, and I think that he's got a little bit more to give in terms of a, a ceiling, which is crazy to say because I think he's been playing like a top 10 player in the NBA, which is amazing for us. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I... I hope that's true. I I don't think he's going anywhere because, like I said, just realistically, you have to put butts in seats. You have mm-hmm. to give the fans something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go towards. And, you know, being the only Canadian team in the NBA, you have to have something. You have mm-hmm. to. Um, so I don't think Siakam goes anywhere. Um, much to the chagrin of some Raptors fans out there, we've touched on this. I don't know that. And, you know, after talking about it, listening to the, you know, what we said about Scotty, I, there are certain players that I would still trade him for. Um, but there's something going on there, too, in between the ears. Um, mm. He seems reluctant. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's just the season itself getting to him because he, he, fell, he fell into a really, really good situation last year and got some really robust experience with that team last year but i think they've capped i think they've capped themselves last year last year might have been a mirage um and this is what we really have um so yeah i i think if if a shea trade is off the table and we know this then og's gone at the deadline you'd like to think fred's gone at the deadline and gary i'd say almost certainly is gone at the deadline and i agree with you this is a long-winded way of saying the other options just don't work um i don't want to be that eighth ninth tenth place team that's like just happy to be there (laughs) i don't want that i'd rather go full tank much like the tampa season um i mean fred van vliet right now has the lowest field goal percentage in the entire league (laughs) the entire league Oh man, thirty-seven point six percent. Oh, yep, man, percentage. And this is a man that's averaging, I don't know how many minutes, approximately what thirty-eight, thereabouts. Eighth, eighth most in the league per game. There you go. <laughs> that's not good. Don't, no. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know what your trade value is. Well, it can't be much. He can't shoot much worse than what he's shooting. So you're never as you're never as high as your high and you're never as low as your low, right? Like you, there will always be regression to the mean one way or the other. You have to look at that when you're looking at buy low or sell high candidates. Mm. So that's just how I view it. So I think that's that's the recipe here. Like we're saying this on January 3rd, 2023, you know, heading into peak trade time you know heading into february the direction needs to be picked now right and you look at the schedule coming up and it's not it's not pretty it's nothing that's going to make me think that okay this team this team has some chances to to build themselves out of here they got the bucks even though they're at home bucks on national tv i think tomorrow's on espn um then you got the Knicks at home, and they already beat them. So, 
Uh, your next week. The Knicks okay. are the Knicks. The Knicks will always stink. Okay. Knicks stink. Blazers on Sunday um, at home. They got a nice home stretch right here. Two mm-hmm. with the Hornets home Tuesday and Thursday. Hawks at home. So, I mean, if you're thinking that the Knicks suck, you could probably pick up three wins there out of that six, which is I good. Think, I, think they, I think they get two. Okay. I think they beat the Knicks, and I think they beat Charlotte once. And lose to the Hawks. All right. And then it doesn't get easier right after that. Knicks. Oh, it does because they got the Knicks. Okay. Even if you call that a win. Fuck the Knicks. It will always be a win. Weird Monday afternoon game at 3 o'clock. Strange one. Yep. Bucks, Wolves, Celtics, Knicks, Kings. They're going to get slaughtered. Warriors, Blazers, (laughs) Suns, Jazz. Fine. Rockets, fine. But then Grizzlies, Spurs already beat us. Jazz. I mean, then it gets a little easier heading into February. But by then, you'll you'll know. You'll have a direction picked. You should. By that first Jazz game, February 1st, you should have a direction. You have to. I, I Yeah, I would hope so. I, I think that you need to have a direction now. Like, the trade deadline is the middle of February. Mm-hmm. I think you need to have, start thinking about it now within the next two weeks. I think I think by the time they see the Knicks again, they should know. On that stretch of six games they will be really telling you. I think they lose to the Bucks. I think they beat the Knicks. And I think they lose to Portland. And then win one of those two against Charlotte and lose to Atlanta. And if that's how it works, if they go two and four in any fashion, like, you, you have to, like, the alarm bell should be sounding now for me. But I think if that's what happens in that stretch of six games, like it needs to sound even more. Yeah. And then losses become wins because you're ultimately getting what you want. But you get what you want by putting butts in the seats because you still have Barnes, you still have Siakam, you still have whatever. But you you capitalize on assets that are either going to walk out the door or you're never going to get another return for what you're going to get for them this year. It has to be done. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Raptors fans. I know you guys, I love OG. Yeah, I do too. No, That's why I'm th- trading him. Yeah, I think most fans <laughs> That's know. <it. laughs> like you know. most fans have to know. I, I like if you're telling me like OG could get me Shea Gilders Alexander potentially, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it hundred yeah. times out of hundred. Yes, that has nothing to do with OG. OG's gonna be an amazing player. He's he's a great player, but it doesn't matter. Most fans know the deal. Yeah. Uh, you're not looking at a twelfth place team and saying, "Well, there's there's still hope." I mean, yes, there's always hope to get into the play-in. But this team is not going to perform better than the Celtics, the Nets right now. The Nets are ridiculous right now. Yeah, they've been playing really well. The Bucks, you know, the Cavs, especially if Mitchell continues this scorch. Um, 76ers, like the Pacers are coming out of nowhere right now. They won four games in a row. Dude, they outplayed us. In that, that was the most frustrating fourth quarter. I watched that shit today, obviously, because I was watching the Bills last night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, just the most frustrating shit. <laughs> Benedict, Benedict Matherin is unreal. Yeah. Shout out to the Canadian. Shout out to the homie. Benedict Matherin. Great player. Great player. Um, Washington's won five in a row after we shit all over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Brooklyn has won 12 games in a row. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. They were 13 and 12, and now they're 25 and 12. Yep. Yeah. Good for them. You know, good re- for them. Realistically, if you find yourself, you know, winning a playoff, I mean, a playing game, and then you're in, <laughs> like, you're fucked. Yeah, you don't want to face any of those top teams. You play, you play, you play Boston or Brooklyn or Milwaukee to do what? Or Cleveland. Cleveland would be the only team that I could see the Raptors maybe matching up well with. Stretching to five, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Stretching to five, you, but like, you congratulations! You make the play in, you make the playoffs, you lose out on the lottery, you play a team, you go to maybe five, and then you get smoked, and then three, two, one, Cuba. Yeah. What's the point? So it's you ridiculous. have, so you have your games in May. Yeah. Like what? So or late April? What's the point? There's no point. There's not. There's no point. It's no. all it's all stupid and hopeless. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> Life is meaningless. Um incre- incredible scenes on the east and the west there's it's been really crazy though too. I mean like Golden State is in ninth or twenty and eighteen. They had a nice win uh yesterday. four and a half games back. Yeah, they've won five in a row. Dallas Mavericks are in a bit of a heater. Seven games in a row. They're in fourth place. Luca. Hmm. He's a difference maker. Um, Pelicans, though. Zion's out for a couple weeks. Yeah, multiple weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be really interesting. They're currently sitting in third only game back of Denver. Um, I still like what Memphis is doing. I like that team. Sackdown. I'm not going to play the music. I was was, was thinking (laughs) you're going to play music, so I stopped. Uh, Fifth place. Yeah. Uh, You alluded to it earlier. 19 and 16. Uh fuck <laughs> good for them they're better than the lakers who are 16 and 21 and that will remain true no the only reason the lakers aren't winning right now is because anthony davis is out i mean your boy's there lebron turned back the clock yeah he did he did he's gonna he's gonna have to have more of those performances but it will probably be his last season in la i think he's gone after this i'm no, not i'm not he gonna lie an extension didn't hmm? he i thought he signed an extension no, I think like uh, what I'm saying is I I don't think he's going to be there. What next year? Yeah, I think he's going to force himself out. Uh, well, he agreed to a two-year contract extension this year. Yeah, and I think he's going to force himself out. Uh... He's he's been he's been vocal over the last like few weeks saying he's he wants to play for a championship contender. I mean, we all do. <laughs> of course, he doesn't have much twilight left. He's the can the candlelight is burning. The wick is near its end. So um, what you're saying is I'm coming home part two. I could see it. Jesus, I could see it. Think about it. I I'm just I, I need to take a look more into what their contract situation looks like. But I could see it. He's contracted though for next year. I understand that. That's why I need to figure out what salaries. So he'd have to demand out. Yes, I think he will. I think I think that this offseason is so crucial for the Lakers because they can't do anything now in the trade deadline. They literally have zero assets. They gave all of them up for Anthony Davis. So they can't make a play to get somebody. I think that they would look to try to get a talent to come in to LA in the offseason. When you do that, is it enough for LeBron to stick around? I don't know. I, I, I dep- it really depends on what happens this offseason, truly, in my opinion. Ooh, I mean, he can't be traded until February 18th, 
Oh yeah, I mean, but like he's not getting traded at the trade deadline or anything like that. Like uh, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just not gonna, just not gonna happen. Like that would be an off season thing. So the GM is just gonna say, just get me out. The <laughs> GM is gonna like, say that. Um, Rob Palinka, I'm no longer GM. You're a GM, and you fucked everything up. So trade me. Yeah, you uh, you didn't read the fine print of my contract <laughs> saying I can do what I want. Yeah, and you're gonna trade me. Um, if LeBron wants out, LeBron's going to go out. Yes, of course. Just like so, any other player, honestly. Yeah. So it's up to him. That's why I think this offseason is so crucial for the Lakers. They have to bring somebody in to be that third guy. They have to. No choice. Well, I mean, this episode, the subject matter is kind of underwhelming, but I think it's indicative and it's reflective of where this fan base is with this team. That's not to say that there's no support. You know, um, you watch that that Suns game uh, that was in Toronto and crowd was into it. Um, it it's sort of a, a mirage, though, without a Devin Booker. Uh, I don't think Cam played that game either. Um, but a win's a win. So when you have things like that to give you some sort of optimism much like the new york game the cleveland game and this phoenix game as i'm saying it's easy to say well let's pump the brakes about this tank talk and trade talk but you got to look at the bigger picture and look at the minutes that these starters are playing look at the production fred van vliet isn't giving you look at what og ananobi has become and the opportunities that you could have to get multiple assets back that could maybe turn into that um, plus draft picks, maybe. I don't know. It's it's a weird time because I feel like the majority of this fan base hasn't experienced something like this. So it's all new. It's shell shock to them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't think... Uh, I'll say that I don't think that this fan base has ever experienced being in a position where they have multiple valuable assets that they could trade at the deadline. Yeah, this isn't to, Tampa. This is a little bit different than Tampa. Yes. I I think that this would again, like it's it's in a position to put them somewhere that Raptors fans have been familiar with being in the basement. Mm. Like yeah. if you are if you are a true Raptors fan, you were here before the playoff run. If you are a new Raptors fan, then you're right. They haven't experienced this, but you and I watching this team have experienced very low lows of 20 wins a season lows with this team. So I'm definitely not uncomfortable being here, but you know, they've seen this team make playoffs basically every single season. It's hard to like sit there and, and say, well, yeah, well, I don't like that. I just don't think that pushing forward is, is the right decision. I know we're saying the same thing, but um, it's not Raptors fans. Raptors fans have to get used to this. They have to get used to it for a couple seasons. This team needs that to build a core that's sustainable and that has some longevity to it. And this is one of the key methods of doing so. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're saying the same thing at this point. Um, so look, I say embrace the tank, just like in a dynasty fantasy league embrace the tank if, embrace if you're it. if you're right there the look the reason why 
uh, and this isn't a criticism, but a reason why a lot of the people gravitated towards the Raptors during the multiple playoff runs, and this is even before Kawhi, is because the team was exciting and there was something up and coming about them. Like that that series against Brooklyn when Masai was saying, you know, fuck Brooklyn with Paul Pierce and Garnett and it. It was, there's there was something exciting. There's something that we can claim that as our own. You know, look back on that and say, that's part of the We the North era, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with, um, the 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 wizard series, the multiple wizard series, those were fun. The Indiana series, like all of those things, are a result of selling off assets and getting things that ended up surprising the team to push them forward. Um, Kyle Lowry being one of them. Um, so you never know. Like it, what could be starting off as a tank might turn into something that surprises you and say, well, actually we're we're better than we anticipated now, so we have to build around this. And you know what? We have the draft capital, the extra draft capital to do it. And also we have um, th- this young core. You know, y- you might find yourself in a situation where you were in with the bench mob when you are just you have an embarrassment of riches and some yeah. of them need to go because yeah. you simply don't have room for them and their potential is so high. So you trade those assets for a legitimate game changer, i.e. a Kawhi Leonard. So... You, this is the excitement about embracing a tank because you just never know. Right now, with what we have, there isn't a well. We never know what they could. This team's not winning a championship as constructed. They're not. They're not, Correct. and they're not even a piece away from winning a championship. Correct. You know, Masai made those moves because LeBron went to L.A. The window of opportunity was right there. Jason Tatum was not in his prime. Jalen Brown was not in his prime. You can make an argument for Giannis, but I think similar to what you're saying about Siakam, that gear hadn't been kicked into where he is right now in that championship season that he had. I just think it's it's time. It's it's time to do it. Let's embrace the tank. Amen, brother. All right. I, I agree. Do you have any closing? There's no too sweet moment of the week. We can do predictions. I, I think we just pretty much banged them out, but just for the sake of, uh, you know, continuity, we can do it. Yep. Um, loss to the Bucks. Yep. You got a win against the Knicks? I do. I'll take a win. I'll, I'll join you. Fucking right. Last time I predicted that, I was right. So it's, it's time to hop on the bandwagon. Blazers? Loss. Yeah. Blazers are a fucking wagon. That team is amazing. They're no kidding. They're so good. Um, first Hornets game. When? And the second's a loss? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll meet you there. Hawks, loss. Loss. Knicks away, Monday afternoon? When? It's a weird game. I'm going to call it's that a It's a weird loss. one. Just, hmm? It's weird. I'm going to call it a loss just because it's weird. Yeah. Uh, Bucks away, that's a loss. Yeah. And uh, we'll stop there. Yeah. So we got loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss. I have a loss here. You have a win, loss. Yeah. So we're looking at at best one, two, three wins. At worst, two. Yeah. <laughs> we're optimistic. At least I am. Because it's the Knicks. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's All great. right. So that's all I got. I don't know if you have any closing statements that you'd like to make. No. Um, my closing statement, I guess, is just more geared towards Raptors fans. Like, 
basically almost echoing what you're saying, embrace the tank. Don't be afraid of it. Every good team that a lot of the top tier teams that you see right now ate shit for a while, mm-hmm. right? Like if you go through the standings and you take a look, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say Boston ate shit, but there was a period of a couple of years where they were not great, right? It helped them get the, the likes of JT, helped them get the likes of Jalen Brown. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks were garbage. They got pretty decently lucky with Giannis, Mm-hmm. But saying that they were garbage, Cleveland ate shit for a few years post LeBron. Now they're right back up there. Uh, 76ers, obviously, we know the story about them. Trust the process. They went through it for a while and they've been sustained for for quite a bit. So, you know, those are just the top four. I'm, I'm not including Brooklyn because they bought their team. Yes. The top four of the five Eastern Conference teams had eaten shit at one point or another for different periods of time, some longer than others, but they did what they had to do because they knew that they would end up here. Yeah, That's what the teams like the Detroits, the Orlandos, uh, the Charlottes of the world are trying to do now. Their track record is not as great because they don't have the front office typically that can make those type of things. But if you truly trust in what the Raptors have done and what they are doing, then you have no fear in this group leading this type of movement yeah. for the Raptors. I would like to see Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster who and, and the rest of that front office who can identify talent pretty well, to be completely honest with you, work a full rebuild. I think it would be really interesting to see what they can do, what they can build and how they structure this team out and how they build that longevity. I think that you can see us back up top in the Eastern Conference in a couple seasons, and I know that that may not be the best thing for Raptors fans to hear, where they're like, "Oh shit, we got to wait till 2027." Yeah, you might have to wait till 2027, 2026, 2027. But guess what? 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029, 2030. There's a stretch of five seasons where the Raptors can be competitive if you just grin and bear for the next two to three years. Short-term pain for long-term gain, baby. This is the way you have to do it. This is the way you manage your assets. And if you want to see the Raptors successful again, it is not with this team. It has to be with a different team. You have to embrace this. And let's let's not discount the possibility that because they're so good at identifying talent, that it might be quicker than an average team. 100%. That's, that's That's one of the reasons why I was saying this will take this won't take like five seasons. Right. Like this won't take, in my opinion, the length that Philadelphia had to go through in their rebuild. Mm. I think Cleveland is a really good indicator of this, right? Um, even Memphis still took a little, little longer than what I would say the Raptors would go through. Uh, I think Cleveland's timeline is a really good indicator of what you should expect from the Toronto Raptors here. Two to three seasons of not being great, and then it's just like that yep 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 and you find that one guy that's available for trade you pull the trigger and hopefully it's not a rental bingo and you'll be good for years all right uh that's gonna do it for this episode we appreciate you listening we appreciate you subscribing if you have not already we encourage you to do so apple apple podcast google podcast spotify all your favorite podcatchers not soundcloud we do not spit fire um you want to hear these bars bro yeah 
No, I don't that's have it? any. Oh, that's, okay. My money don't jiggle jiggle. It folds. <laughs> I like to see you wiggle wiggle for show. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm encouraging people to subscribe, not unsubscribe. Oh, hey, look, listen, man. I think that they would just if you like the sweet sultry tones of my voice, I would consider Sound you bar? smash that like button, subscribe, do some ASMR for you. No. <laughs> no. no. Oh shit, we're not like that. Okay, sorry, my bad. No, all good. Um, yeah, do all that. Subscribe. Tell your fellow Raptors fans about this podcast if they don't listen to it already. We appreciate it. Word of mouth is key. You can find us at South of the Six. Six is spelled the letter six and the letters. Sorry, the number six and the letters I X. He is at Connor Chambers. I am at Adam Corsair, and we are done for this week. Catch us next time. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.